welcome back to The Wise Man's Page, the daily podcast where we read Patrick Rothfuss's The Wise Man's Fear page by page. This is page 823. The chill of the metal under my fingers. A small sliver of the smooth gray blade was visible above the top of the sheath. How can I say this so you can understand? Aceri was a fine. It was thin and bright and dangerous. It fit the sword like a glove fits a hand. But it wasn't the perfect name. This sword's name was Caesura. This sword was the jarring break in a line of perfect verse. It was the broken breath. It was smooth and swift and sharp and deadly. The name didn't fit like a glove. It fit like skin. More than that, it was bone and muscle and movement. Those things are the hand. And Caesura was the sword. It was both the name and the thing itself. I can't tell you how I knew this, but I knew it. Besides, if I was to be a namer, I decided I could damn well choose the name of my own sword. I looked up at Maglin. It is a good name, I agreed politely, deciding to keep my opinion to myself until I was well gone from Ademra. I'm only wondering how many owners there have been entirely. That is something I should know as well. Magwin gave me a sour look that said she knew I was patronizing her. But she flipped ahead several pages in her book. Then a few more. Then a few more. 236, she said. You will be the 237. She flipped back to the beginning of the list. In a game. She drew a breath and said, First came Chael, who shaped me in fire for an unknown purpose, and carried me, then cast me aside. I fought down the urge to sigh. Even with my trooper's knack for learning lines, it would take long, weary days setting them all to memory. Then I realized what this truly meant. Each owner had kept Caesura for ten years, and it had never sat idle for longer than a day or two. That meant Caesura was, at a very conservative estimate, more than 2,000 years old. I received my next surprise three hours later when I tried to excuse myself for supper. As I stood to leave, Magwin explained I was to remain with her until I learned all of Caesura's story by heart. Someone would bring us our meals, and there was a room nearby where I could sleep. First came Chael. That's the page. I'm Jeremy. I'm Jordana. I'm Nick. And you know what, Jeremy? You know I love a synecdoche, and Quoth on this page says it is the name and the sword itself. And because I know that he is a namer and he is the main character of this book, I do know that he actually is correct. So I can let it slide. I do think that if this was, you know, the real world and he wasn't the most special boy, I would think that it's pretty disrespectful to just say, no, no, I know better than than you about this this tradition and this thing. I have a this... crackpot theory. Uh, yes, go on. If they did misname the sword, or, yeah, if if they have been calling the sword the wrong thing the whole time, maybe that's why people keep dying with it. Well, I don't think that's what's happening. I think it's, like, language shift. I think the original name of the sword was Caesura, and I think that's over 2,000-plus years of 8M language history the language has changed in the same way that we don't speak English the way that someone 500 or 1,000 or 2,000 years ago was speaking English. I mean, the English language did not exist, you know, 2,000 years ago. So the language has evolved and the, and 
they've been like spelling it the same way, but the way those phonemes are pronounced in Adem has changed. And that's why it sounds so close, but it's not the same. That's an interesting theory, Jeremy. I like that. I think there's there's that's one theory I like. And the other one is one that Jordana put forward, which is that uh, the nature of the sword has changed now that it's arrived at Quoth. I like that too. Also, also, mm-hmm. the people who have carried the sword have only carried it for roughly a decade each. Oh, no, he's saying, like, if we assume that. That's what he's saying. Like, he's he's trying to give us his most conservative estimate for how old it is. It's probably way older than that because, of course, someone might have had it for only one year. Some might, someone might have had it for 25 years. It might have sat yeah. in the vault for, like, 100 years. Like, he doesn't know. He's just going by what he does know and making a, a guesstimate. Okay, yeah, because I was thinking, like, if if people are only holding on to it for 10 years, that's, uh, that's a bad sign. <laughs> yeah, no, he's just, like, averaging it out. <laughs> Okay. So that he could do some napkin math. I also want to say, Cicero was the sword. It was both the name and the thing itself. And I'm pretty sure when we're talking about naming fire, El Shadal says it is the name and it is the fire itself. Like Ah, uh, yes. Yeah, you're absolutely right, Jeremy. He does say that. Hmm. All right, so be it. Sorry, can you give that to me one more time? I didn't quite catch it. I said you're absolutely right. Ah. <sighs> Um, this is a teacher that Quoth does not impress, uh, <laughs> which I, I appreciate because Quoth spends an awful lot of the book like winning over his teachers and Magwin is like tolerating him at best, which I like. <laughs> she's not like cruel to him or she doesn't dislike him, but she's sort of like, okay. Like, this kid thinks he knows better than me, man, man, man. Yeah. But you know what? I think it's I'm mutual. sure she's seen it all before. Yes, that's true. Yeah, I think she's seen it all before. And it's kind of nice that, like, Quoth doesn't make a special relationship with every single teacher he has. And I think he also finds her annoying. And I think she also finds him annoying. Like, she's not interested in having a relationship with him, right? Like, she's... Yeah, she was she was excited when Vashet showed up. She's like, ah, oh, I get to spend time with my granddaughter. Ah, oh, she has brought me this idiot boy. I have to teach all these names. I mean, she probably feels that way, like... A lot of the time she performs her duties. I imagine that she's like a tenured professor, right? And she like resents having to yeah. teach her. Yeah, she uh, likes doing the research. She doesn't like teaching in the class. Yeah, she resents the teaching in the office hours. She just wants to like putter around in her lab. Mm-hmm. She wants to go on sabbatical. Ah, uh, yes. Would that we could. Uh, sabbatical, doesn't that sound nice? I actually yeah, have no idea what nice. sabbatical is. So when you're a professor at a university, once you have tenure... Uh, which basically means like it's very, very, very hard to fire you. you they, every few years, you get a sabbatical where they pay you your wage and you don't have to come in and teach. You don't have to have office hours. You don't have to like have a classroom. You, you're just assumed to be doing research that is going to benefit your discipline and thus benefit the school. So for some people, going on sabbatical means like, oh, I'm going to like sequester myself in, at home and like write a novel. Uh, and for some, it's like, oh, I'm going to like, you know, go on like a, I got to travel the world and like learn about how people do, you know, basket weaving in different countries. And for some, it's a vacation. I was about yeah. to say, and for some, I'm sure they just do whatever they want. <laughs> yes. But it, the point is, it's no question to ask. You get your full salary and you get like a year off. Wow. At Concordia, I was really excited to take uh, medieval history. There was only one professor who taught that class and they were on uh, sabbatical for the four years of 2007 to 2011. Guess when I went to university? <laughs> Aww, a four-year so sabbatical? Yeah. Yeah. 
No wonder you're sour about post-secondary education. That's right. <laughs> I think Magwin is punishing him when she goes back to the start after answering his question. <laughs> oh, you think so? I mean, maybe she is. I think a little bit. I think she's, you know, she's getting her, her digs in where she can. Mm-hmm. But I do also think that they are going to make you like learn the whole thing from it's like that like get to know you game that we would play sometimes where you like everyone says their name and does an action and you go around the circle and like the 20th person in the circle has to do the 19 names and actions that came before them yeah i actually got good at that game and then every single time i would immediately forget everyone's name like for the duration of the game i would remember everybody and then immediately when it was over it would all exit my head yeah like any kind of standardized test yeah yeah, I actually have a very bad memory for names. I have a good memory for things like Star Wars words, but... Uh, yeah, the names that matter, like uh, Exar Kun. <laughs> yeah, or Lobot. Yeah. <laughs> like Zuckus and Forlom, those names will be with me to my dying day. That's right. I'm not great at names either, but I'm very good at faces. Yeah, but that's a curse, right? Because then you're like, oh, I do know this person. It's... I know that I know them, but what are they called? It... Where do well, I know like, them Well, like, normally if I hear the name... Near the face, I can put the two together. Yeah, but what if they just go, oh, Jordana, hey. And then that you have to be like, oh, yeah, it's you. Hi, you. I, uh, I mean, like, up, you don't you? have to say their name to be like, hey, how's it going? You do, actually. You do. You don't. People like you more if you say their name. That's yeah, true. maybe that's why people don't like me. I don't know. <laughs> Jordana, I'm sure there's lots of reasons why people don't like you. <laughs> the good news is post-pandemic i'm not meeting as many people so i don't have to remember as many names well you'd be bad at this exercise that's for sure i've played there's an exercise you're good at though you mean reading the chapter titles and telling you about them yeah yeah i am really good at that this chapter was called caesura after the name that Quoth understands to be the name of the sword. It's also the Ides of March today, so it's named after the person who uh, must be stabbed. Oh, yeah, it is. The, it's, the Ides of March are the 14th, 15th, and 16th, right? It's all three days, is it not? That's why it's Ides and not Ide singular. It's just the middle of March. It's the 15th. Usually the 15th, yeah, but I think it's meant to mean the middle of March. Anyway, due to uh, polar drift. It's the 74th day in the Roman calendar corresponding to the 15th of March. I I think due to polar drift, we're probably about there now. So this chapter is named after today. Listeners, we'll name you after today on tomorrow's page. Uh, Polar drift. It's real. Look it up. The wind.